Hello, I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. This is the Literary Gardener for November twelfth, twenty twenty. The topic this time is leave protective habitat in the garden for overwintering pollinators. We scaled a million blooms to reap the summer's glow. Now, in the merciless cold, we share each morsel of heat, each honeyed crumb. Joyce Sidman, Winter Bees and Other Poems of the Cold, 2014. Joyce Sidman is regarded as one of the most important contemporary nature poets for children. She's won numerous awards for her books, including the Newbery Honor for Dark Emperor and Other Poems of the Night, 2010, and the Siebert Medal for The Girl Who Drew Butterflies, 2018. Her new book, Hello Earth: Poems to Our Planet, comes out in February, 2021. Sidman collaborates with different illustrators, so her books have a fresh visual appeal. While the combination of her poetry and prose artfully introduces children to important ecological concepts, her poem "Winter Bees" is about honeybees and how they survive in cold weather. We cram to a sizzling ball to warm our queen, our heart, our home. Deep in the winter hive, we burn like a golden sun. However, most of the 500 or so species of bees we have in Oregon don't live in colonies like honeybees. Instead, they build solitary nests in ground tunnels or wood holes, crevices in wood piles or rocks, or within hollow plant stems. The bees overwinter in these shelters as either larvae or adults, depending on the timing of the adult's life cycle. For example, mason bees tend to overwinter as hibernating adults, and leafcutter bees often overwinter as larvae. The bees enter a state called diapause, which slows their development, so they don't emerge from their protective cocoons until spring. Bees are, of course, a gardener's best friends because most of the edible and ornamental plants in our garden require bees for pollination. Also, I find a lot of joy in the spectacle and the movement and sound of bees buzzing around my garden. In winter, it's reassuring to think that the bees are still there, taking a break before picking up their frenzied pace again next spring. Bees are just one kind of pollinating insect that requires protective habitat for overwintering. There are also hundreds of species of butterflies in Oregon, and most overwinter in our gardens and landscapes in different stages of suspended development: eggs, caterpillars, pupae, or adults. For example, the second generation of western tiger swallowtails I observed in my garden this year are overwintering as pupae and have wrapped themselves in a chrysalis attached by a silken thread to tree bark, leaf litter, or a plant stem. Gardeners can support overwintering bees and butterflies by making sure they have appropriate habitat in the garden. This includes raking your autumn leaves into garden beds and covering them with twigs. Leaving dead annual and perennial plants standing until next spring, leaving patches of bare soil where ground-dwelling bees make their nests, and placing a few logs nearby where sweat bees sometimes make their home beneath peeling bark. In other words, providing habitat for overwintering pollinators means gardeners don't have to worry about keeping the garden quite so tidy. If having a neat garden is important to you, then clean up the front of the garden that's more visible and leave the less noticeable back section for wildlife. 
A third kind of pollinator that may be overwintering in our garden is Anna's hummingbird, the only hummingbird of seven species found in Oregon that doesn't migrate to warmer climes. Anna's hummingbirds, named after Anna Messina, Duchess of Rivoli, forage for nectar and insects during the day, and then they enter a state of torpor at night, during which their body temperature, respiration rate, and metabolic rate are all dramatically reduced. Even in a semi-catatonic state, hummingbirds deplete all their energy reserves at night to stay warm and awaken close to starvation. They greatly benefit from having a food supply readily available in our garden. Gardeners can support hummingbirds by hanging feeders with a solution made from one part white sugar to four parts water. Skip the dye. Hummingbirds will find the feeders if they're brightly colored. It's best to hang multiple feeders in different parts of the yard because Anna's hummingbirds are fiercely territorial. The hummingbird solution will freeze at around 27 degrees Fahrenheit. So bring the feeder indoors on particularly cold nights or wrap the feeder with insulating material. If you bring the feeder inside at night, be sure to hang it back up early in the morning when hummingbirds are hungriest. An alternative is to use a feeder heater powered by electricity. All overwintering birds, including hummingbirds, will appreciate having fresh water available. I keep my pond running through the winter. The movement of the water keeps ice from covering the entire surface at night. Hummingbirds, butterflies, bees, these pollinators are important to gardeners come spring, so we should make it a priority to ensure their well-being this winter. I'll end with part of another of Joyce Sidman's poems called Chickadee's Song. From dawn to dusk and darkling air, we glean and gulp and pluck and snare, then find a roost that's snug and tight to brave the long and frozen night. And that's it for The Literary Gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening and happy gardening. <laughs>